welcome to the Failed Podcast. It's a podcast, um, what? Uh, where I delve into what it means to fail at something or just not doing something because of faring to fail. So instead, literally, you end up sitting on your sofa, on your phone, just scrolling. So this podcast is actually a result of being terrified because... I am incredibly scared of failing something I do, and I literally end up sitting in that sofa. But we all need to look our fears in the eye, and at the moment, I am glaring at this microphone. And today, we've got the brilliant Tina Frey with me, not to be confused with the less famous Tina Fey. And the most prominent thing Tina and me have in common is our fantastical love of food. And we have, however, for some reason, never cooked together. So I think it's time to cook this episode up. (laughs) So, hello, Tina Faye. Oh, sorry. Did you just say Faye? I did the thing. You did the thing, but that's all right. Where are you from and where do you live now? Okay, so basically, I am from this dream world called... Tina's imagination no I'm joking but um that's usually where I live so basically I am from Norway uh well my mum's Danish and I grew up with um just my mum and her side of family and they're like Danish yeah that's currently where I live as well right now but you've been to other countries specifically the great kingdom of yeah great kingdom this great kingdom (laughs) um yeah I I've actually I've lived in uh, England that's where we met uh I studied at Roehampton and while I studied at Roehampton I worked at a pub the classical trait of England isn't it so oh going to the pub yeah go and have a little pint yeah yeah getting that after walk pint yeah yeah Mm. you're right love yeah right (laughs) right can get in then oh so good like they say all right all right they just say that like I remember my flatmate came home and he was just like all right and I was like yeah yeah I'm all right I did this today and then it made me feel a bit weird but like I'm I'm doing this now so it's okay but you know you you live and you learn like I literally gave him my whole life when he was just like all right when he literally just meant hello yeah (laughs) and like people people keep saying that England is like oh we don't talk to strangers in England like we we wouldn't even like we wouldn't look at anyone and like you you yeah, talk you to people all the time like I've never yeah. had like I have conversations with the cashiers all the time in Norway they just like look mad at you and like expect you to like be invisible I suppose you know because like I I recently had this this is a cute fail story actually to be fair because obviously now I live in my hometown which is a fail in itself because I'm living in my mom's basement apartment and that's you know putting flowers on it apartment down in the basement I have the stuff I need like I have my own bathrooms and such but uh it's my hometown I grew up here I know my neighbors my neighbors know me the cashier at the local shop knows me and last weekend I was gonna have a bit of a visit what do you call it conjugal visit you know now that you're imprisoned a while in corona times anyways I was like I am a Scandinavian woman I take charge of my own sexuality. So I put on my seven layers of clothes and uh, walked over to the local shop and bought myself a pack of condoms. I have never, never 
been so ashamed in my whole life I swear to god I was like no I literally because I was buying other stuff I put it like when I put it on that you know that the the seal I was like I put it under other stuff and that cheeky look from the guy the cashier oh. hi Chris yeah I remember you you went to the same grade as my friend's brother yeah you were three years ahead of me yes I know you know I know and you know I've never bought condoms here before so I am dying. The stories just keep popping out. I haven't even started. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you now the next question, which is, what do you do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't know. I mean, I live in my mom's basement. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So um, I work in a, because um, I don't really work in a nursery. I work in a preschool. But then it's the same as reception, isn't it, in England? reception is that a thing as well yeah that's where so I was working as a uh temp teach assistant temp teacher whatever it's called I can't remember it was an awful job I can't do it um (laughs) anyway and then they put me in reception I was like oh I'm gonna be in the reception and then my friend who who works in like yeah 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 so he but he so I said I'm gonna be in this reception thinking I was gonna be in well I thought it's probably not gonna be but I like Am I going to sit in a reception? <laughs> and I actually going to sit in like the school's reception. Me as a, they hired me as a support teacher, whatever. I was very confused. Anyway, it turns out it was definitely not that. It was what I think you mean, like preschool. And you study on the side. We're just going to get that in as well. Yeah, I do study. Because um, obviously, like when you work in preschool in Norway, you could be either like an assistant or it's now, it's not called assistant anymore. It's called a ped. It's like, uh, well, whatever, you, you're either an assistant, it's called something more fancy now, which is sort of what I am. I don't have the qualifications to, to do the work, but like I can obviously work there. But like you've got one one sort of teacher that's that's studied and become like a preschool teacher or you have, um, what's it called, the, the manager or like the, uh, the, top, the top dog in the, the group. And I'm studying to become the top dog. I don't know how to translate this. It means I'm getting like the preschool education, but also like uh, leader qualifications. Mm. So I will be like the, the leader. It's very complicated to be just children. But then children are complicated and we're literally building them and making them citizens of like how we want them to be. So it is a complicated matter. Yeah. Um, so the last question of the introduction, what's what's the dream? Like what what do you want to what do you want to do? What do you want to end up doing? I'm in the dream. I mean, I feel like my dreams become quite fluid because as I've kind of like aged up a bit, like obviously when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be like an entertainer. Like I want to work with the art. Like, and as I grew up, I was like, art, 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 art. And it just sort of took over my mind quite a lot. And um, I felt that, you know, it, it sort of become like, instead of a dream, it was like an unhealthy obsession. And sort of like I, as I grew up, I realized like dreams are fluid. Sort of my dreams sort of became like, you know, I want to own my own apartment. I like, I don't want to rent. Mm. I don't want to, I would, I don't want to be anyone else's rent slave or whatever. I want to actually be able to fucking put a nail in the wall and be like, this is my wall. I, I just want to be happy. And I think that's really important to have as a dream and goal as well. Like I want a family. I want to have an apartment and uh yeah, I want to own something of my own. 
Right, we're going to have to move on. Right, we're going to... So now we're actually going to talk about what we're supposed to talk about, which is failure. Woohoo, failure. failure. Failing, failing, failing. Woo. <laughs> so if you could please tell me your yes. most outrageous failure, like a funny, well, maybe not in the moment funny, but like an outrageous failure where you just completely failed. Okay, so I'm a bit of a prideful person, so... I wrap myself in self-irony just to hide out a bit and just because it's easier to like sort of paint the narrative funny because then people are laughing with you and not at you but that's sort of become my go-to reaction to sort of stuff I mean and um, so the story I've picked to tell you guys I've I've made it a joke but it's not really a joke, is it? Because it's about, you know, realising that you're going to die. And then, you know, when I tell that, it's sort of, it's a joke. But it's not, it's not really a joke, is it? Okay, so basically, me and my friend, this was my first year of uni, my first year in, like, another country, like, living in another country, like, proper. It's, like, this local Tesco shop, and so it's pretty small. And we get in, and I'm just, like, enormed by these mangoes. And this is where I make it funny because these mangoes <laughs> saved my life. Let, uh, let's appreciate Tesco's ready cut green mangoes because these were green. And I was like, I want mangoes. And my friend Camilla was like, Tina, you don't need mangoes. Look at their green. And I was like, yeah, but they're ready cut. And she's like, they are like three pounds. And I'm like, but I want mangoes. She's like, fucking get the mangoes then. And I'm like, no, they're green. Oh she's God. like, yeah, but you want the mangoes. And I'm like, yeah but they're like three pounds. See, for some reason, we changed it up and she just wanted to get to the fucking milk. And milk, by the way, is by the till. It's right by the till. And that's like, that was her goal. We were supposed, if I hadn't stopped talking about the milk, that's where we would have been when a guy comes in shooting around. So let's appreciate, let's let's take a second (laughs) to appreciate the mangoes that saved our lives. And so basically there I am standing with my box of mangoes and I'm like, wow someone's just came in and like popped some fireworks (laughs) what the hell maybe it's some idiots just some cheeky kids and I remember I actually had a bruise for like a whole week because Camilla just nabbed my arm like she just grabbed my arm because I just kept walking and she grabs my arm pulls me back and she's like pulls me all the way to the other side back to mangoes and this other guy just comes and like flying at us with like probably like a friend or something. And he just grabs us and like pushes us up against the wall. And he says, girls, just stay behind me. Stay behind me. <gasps> I don't know. That was his reaction. And I don't know, like time kind of moves a bit weird when you're realizing, shit, there's a robbery going on. And he has a gun. And so shoot someone. Oh, no, no one died. No one died. It's fine. Like, spoiler alert, no one dies. And uh, I message, this This is this is a bit of a fail thing. I message my group chat, my family group chat with my nan and uh, cousins. And uh, yeah, and I just tell them, uh, I love you guys. Oh my God. Um, call the cops. And then I turned off my phone. Oh. <laughs> it's, they're in Norway, by the way. Call the cops. And it's it's not really funny, but it's obvious, isn't it? Because I'm like, I'm just I just turned off my phone. And then I met, made my friend Camilla do the same. Because I'd seen, you know, you see in the, those movies as the the robber has just shot the till man and uh, they've gone up. Like a phone rings, doesn't it? 
and so they come back that's I just that's kept like replaying in my mind for like every second so I made her like send a message and turn off the phone as well and here's you know how does a normal person react you know there's like you say there's stages of grief and acceptance and such and you know when you're realizing you're about to die because you know that's that's where my mind is at I'm thinking shit we're about to die and I went through those stages real quickly (laughs) and so it starts out uh with me being like oh no oh no I can't die I cannot die that's just that's just not possible second stage I'm like shit you know what this happens to people every day and now I get real calm I'm like oh people die and I mentioned this earlier but I'm not really Christian so as I realized that I'm about to die I think of God and I'm like Camilla let's pray oh no <laughs> and I just go from like being not Christian to being Christian to totally becoming a missionary and I'm getting everyone to pray with me (laughs) I don't know like I went to some uh, I went to some Christian schools so I apparently I know lots of prayers (gasps) and they just kept pouring out of me and we were like praying you know you were talking out loud oh yeah 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 with the other people stood around us we were probably like five six (gasps) people and uh, Camilla was like, yeah, 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 we'll pray. Like, we'll pray. And she, like, we reacted very differently because she was like, I don't know, she was just uh, sort of way, 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 way more scared. She just, she got stuck and scared and, like, she all she wanted to do was flee and she wouldn't let go of my hand, like, my arm. Because, and that's, that's like, at some point I was just like, shit, I can't move because you're stuck on me and we were in the middle of prayer uh, prayers and this is my first year I've just become captain of like take like a taekwondo group so I was like fuck this shit I'm not dying (laughs) what the hell I'm the president of a taekwondo team bloody fucking hell I'm not going down without a fight and I'm like Camille you gotta let me go we're fighting (laughs) poor girl wait you were were you seriously gonna interrupt Yeah, like no, 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 no. Like if he came around the corner because he couldn't, he couldn't see us. But okay. if he had, if he'd come around the corner, I'd be like, oh, fuck you, <gasps> knock you down. Because that's my brain just went like, I don't know. It's funny, like they say fight or flee, but I went from like, I just went through all the stages of grief. I think, you know, acceptance, uh, and like uh, you know, what's it called? All these other like denial, mm. uh, bargaining acceptance right. I don't all of this grief I you know I went from I'm not dying to I'm dying to I'm Christian to I'm I'm now a uh what's it called I just said I said it earlier I'm gonna spread the word of God till you know I'm gonna fight yeah the people next door was like an Italian pub restaurant like they actually ran in and jumped him but we <sighs> didn't know that we just heard like a lot of fighting <gasps> and stuff so and then they called the cops and they waited with him but we were like stuck in the corner it lasted for like 10 minutes maximum yeah gee yeah so other than, oh yeah and uh, so that that you know that was that but how the fact that you've turned literally a robbery at gunpoint into you failing it's just oh. i mean well, I'm, yeah because the mangoes i suppose because Wait, wait, how did you, because you chose to have mangoes after all, how, even if you... How, how about the fail being like, you know, I stole the mangoes? Wait, did you, did you get the mango? <laughs> did you take the mangoes with you? 
told her to leave. And I had let go of the mangoes. <laughs> so I stole a pack of mangoes. So I ate them. <laughs> it was so expensive mangoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I've got so many questions. How did you... Are you not scarred just by this? How do you feel after this? I mean, I struggled quite a lot um, for like the next few months. But I think uh, I have quite a lot of good people around me. And I actually met- messaged my mom about it because she was like, sure, I'm going to come down there and get you. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. Because I had this beautiful Norwegian community around me. I don't know, they locked hands around me and I felt super safe. Like, Rahampton has this really nice uh, support system. And so I remember my mom telling me, like, you need to go and talk to them. You need to go and talk to them. Like, oh. and uh, yeah, no, I talked to the people there at Rampton Wellbeing. And um, when I got back to Norway as well, like I kept talking about it because people kept asking me about it because obviously people care. But they kept asking because they care, not because like they were curious. So mm. I kept talking about it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And so, you know, I kept processing it. It was it was really a struggle. Like I remember when I got back to England, like for the next year, I was actually considering not going back as well. I'm really glad I did though. I remember being really scared for for like of my own shadow. Like even now, like I I've always been like an easily scared person. Like you can you can mm. pop up by me and say boo, and I'm like who? Yeah. But even to this day, like I I don't handle it very well if someone pops up by me and say boo. Yeah. So would you and say think, you haven't actually processed it properly because you, because you say you laugh of it, like you, you joke about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I have processed it as well as you can. I don't really know how to be more healthy about it. I think that's just, you know, how I deal with it. I think I need the humour because I need to like see, see it as something like that happened that was like not funny, but I can look back at it and be like, you know, there were let's look at the funny side here like I'm not saying that's for everyone but I think that's just how I have to handle it Mm. I like I don't think I could look back and think about it as anything else than you know it was a I like in the beginning I probably would not said this but even now I can think back and be like you that that was a really scary scary time Mm. and that I remember that feeling of thinking you know actually there is a high possibility that I am gonna die now and rem- I remember sending me sending that message to the group chat yeah. where, you know, and um, the feeling of like my aunt who she's not a hugger. Like when she saw me, she hugged me and I was mm. like, you never hugged me, <laughs> but now you're hugging me. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a massive fail story. I mean, it would be interesting because obviously you came, you thought about this when you thought about failing. So you you could argue in some ways that it's a very petty one, but because you failed to pay uh, for mangoes, or like no, but like you, you failed uh, thinking or deciding if you were going to have the mangoes or not, because you were so indecisive, so you failed to make up a decision, and that decision might have saved your life, or like at least maybe even uh, saved you from even more trauma, because you would be re- literally right face to face with the robber. We're going to move on, but I realise now that this, because the next question is like, what's your serious failure? But like, I feel like that was already a massive, it wasn't, maybe it's not like a massive failure. It's indecision, I suppose, is the failure here. It's incredible that you live to tell the tale and the fact that you experienced that, like not many people experience 
things like that. It's, it's just a surreal experience, really. Which brings me to the next question, which is more like, what a personal a failure? Fail. <laughs> yeah, like a personal failure that you've actually overcome, um, like how you turn it into a success. So I'm going to talk about something I don't really like talking about. But I think again, like the other story, what helped me get through is talking about it again and again. And this is this is years ago, and um, I think it's important to talk about situations like these it happens, you know with your friends and uh friends who wants to be more that you don't want to be more with I think mm. I was quite an impressionable kid when I was younger when I was about you know I've, I'd read Twilight and I've read all about like deep dark mysterious men I have like issues because they're like a 134 year old vampire I was Beautiful, down like... with it yeah yeah a hundred percent uh I met my own Edward Cullen as I started um, Norwegian high school, upper secondary school, whatever He was 136? Oh, no. Oh, well, his soul might have been. It was quite dark, twisted, which, you know, I was all for. Yeah. Um, we did a drama, so obviously you meet interesting people there. And uh, so the first year, like, we, be- we became friends, sort of, um, as much as you could be friends with him, because when I think back on it, I think like he was incapable of actually having friends. And we were a bit of a, like a small group in the class, um, hanging out, being, you know, snarky and sarcastic about everything. You know, those really, really, really annoying people in drama. Mm. Yeah, we were those people. And he was like really smart. And he was like, I mean, I found him attractive. Like he's not ugly looking, that is for sure, even now. The thing is, when I look back on it now, like I can see that he, he always controlled the narrative. Like he was always like the people, he was the, the leader in a group. Like not that, you know, you have a leader in a friendship group, but I think you all know the one I'm talking about, the one, the one that's slightly more charismatic. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, he was it. And we didn't really think about it. But as we got closer, because we got closer and he was so good at like bonding us and we were like a group of friends. And I didn't notice, but like at some point we started just hanging up with these people and I started cutting out, cutting out family cutting out other friends childhood friends because that of known him for like yeah but like I subconsciously like he mm. it's not like he was like stop hanging out with them he just consumed our time like I after meeting him and like thinking back on it I have I can really understand people who get into like sects or like cults or stuff like that and just you know they get consumed and they don't realize that they are in a cult I mean I think it was pretty close to it like the group we were in and uh like after a while like because obviously you grow up and uh our second year hit um I thought like he started realizing that he liked me more and in the beginning I was like wow I'm like really really flat but I I had a mad crush on it in the first year and like a bit in the second year, but it's sort of like fallen out and I'd sort of like had a crush on someone else. And it was, but the thing is, he was so depressed. Everything was like, it's a struggle. Life was a struggle for him. And, you know, I knew him really well. We were good friends. I started realizing that he was like cutting himself and, and, you know, he said that he didn't have anything to live for. And he started cutting out the other people in our group like not really but like suddenly 
it was us two and the group and then it was just us two Mm. and I don't really know how that happened like I can't look back on it and be like I can't pinpoint a point no it just just Mm. happened and I think it's important like it's it's sort of like a fail story but it's not because if this happens to you this is not a failure of yours I think I think it's important to say I don't think that this is my failure but I really struggle with it like it was I felt it was my failure because I cut out all of my other friends and you know I I just I didn't really know what to do and like in the second year like he he'd grown into being like you know if you if you're if you care so much for me why can't you give dating me a chance and I I held back really really on this and I I think that was like I should have look more closely at that because why why was I holding back like I was giving him so much of my time my friendship etc because like you know I really really cared for him but I was getting to this point where like it was uncomfortable and I was like 17 turning 18 this year and uh and I'd realized like he was the only person in my life and like us you know everyone else got alienated they also alienated me a bit because I was hanging out with this guy and he was really negative and yeah so you thought you were failing literally all of your friends and Mm. him and I was starting yeah and like I was failing him because I couldn't love him the way he wanted me to love him because he was like madly in love with me he cut my name into his arm with a scissor what what did you think then what did you think when you saw or heard that I was really depressed because I felt like I couldn't love him that way and uh, I tried I really really did because like when he did that I was like you know I'll give it a shot you know he'll try because I obviously care for you I don't want you to die and uh, he threatened me so many times with like killing himself and uh, I was starting to fail school like my grades was really really slipping and uh, obviously this is a failure that still haunts me because uh, grades that you get like that last year third year yeah they really count don't they anyways I didn't realize that what was happening wasn't normal that it wasn't like this is not something that should happen to anyone and I got to the point like you know I just I just gave in and as I gave in to him I just gave up more and more of myself shell of myself so you became his partner yeah his partner his girlfriend yeah, well, let's call it a girlfriend here. Not oh, a some kind of. <laughs> I think partner so, is such a beautiful word. Yeah, it's too much. I mean, it doesn't yeah. sound like a partner that. Uh, that, and so you, but how? How did that? Did you constantly feel something is wrong then, or did you completely give in and be like, I "This just, is it. This is life." Yeah, a bit like I at this point, like because he kept he was so smart, you know, he mm. would tell me, you know, I had anxiety, so like. I was depressed. I was bipolar. He told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several times, like, because I wasn't reacting very well to this. And uh, I would miss school. I would stay home and sleep. I was I was depressed, I'm quite sure, but, like, not because he was saying I was depressed and not for the reasons he was saying I was depressed. I'd get, like, anger bursts with my family and such. Like, I proper alienated everyone. After a while... I also remember like the first time we had sex and uh, I absolutely hated it and he made me hate myself for it like because uh, he struggled with sexuality which 
but mm. so he made it seem like he had sex with me for my sake because I'd wanted to have sex I actually didn't but he made it seem like that and I believed it and uh so you believed him in I mean in the beginning you said you didn't but like wait so did you like him in the beginning and yeah, then like when I first met him yeah and then you started disliking him and then you gave in because he manipulated you I don't think I ever disliked him in the beginning okay. So, like, obviously, because, like, he was my friend, like, we were really close, and so I didn't dislike him. I just didn't like him that way. I didn't have romantic feelings for him. I had the first year when I met him, because, you know, dark and twisted, as you call him. I had feelings for someone else uh, Mm. at the beginning, but, like, he realised that, and uh, he cut that guy out of a group, sort of, but, and this guy, turns out he was gay. And he he used me against him because this guy also had a crush on the leader in of group. I don't know what mm. to call him. So we got sort of to the point like we were sort of friends, but we just it is not possible to be friends between me and this other guy. Let's call uh, the main guy. Let's call him Kevin. And yeah. this other guy, we will call him Patrick. So Patrick, being uh, gay, had like he and he hadn't come out yet, mm. like, but so he really struggled with you know dealing with his feelings towards Kevin and uh, the thing that was between us because we had been friends for like ages before we met Kevin and uh, yeah so but um, when did you when did you realize he was manipulating you when I realized what he was doing to Patrick I think and when I realized how mad Patrick was with me like I didn't realize because Patrick kept it inside of him because obviously like he he didn't want to admit any of this because it would mean admitting that it was gay. Mm. Um, and so at a party, like he, cause we still went to parties and stuff with other people, like we were still at class and such, but he just started singing Jolene to me. And I was like, and obviously that's like, Jolene, 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 please don't take him just because you can. I will never, never forget those lines. Ever. That's that's the point where our friendship completely broke, I think. Because that's how he saw it. Because that's how Kevin portrayed it to Patrick, that I was just playing around with Kevin and he was falling for it. But he also had a soft side for Patrick because Kevin knew that Patrick, Patrick was gay. I don't think he needed to tell him. Kevin just knew people. Hmm. So I realised that Patrick hated me. And I didn't realize why. And as I came to understand, I would like a lot of stuff I've heard afterwards from like friends of ours in common. But yeah, it was a bit of a struggle, I think. Uh, if you can bring back failure to it, how do did you, when did you sort of realize, did you just think you were failing in the beginning and then you sort of realized later on that no, you didn't fail? No, I think like years after I realized it, this is not a failure of mine, but. It's like a failure of the system. I think as, you know, I was losing more friendship, I felt it was my failure. I couldn't love Kevin. It was my fault that Patrick liked Kevin or Kevin and Patrick had a falling out. It's my fault that uh, our other friends sort of like didn't like me anymore. And uh, it was my fault that um, I was failing classes. I was failing family. I was failing life. I So I just gave up. And I'm pretty sure that if I'd stayed in it, I would have killed myself. 
because I got to the point where I was like, I have nothing to live for anymore. And then what happened? What made you like see the light or succeed? Or I think the sex thing sort of just really kicked it to another level because Mm. he made me feel so, 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 so bad. Like I, I think. Like, he made me feel disgusted with myself because he would be like, afterwards, he would just be like, oh, this is horrible. I feel disgusted with myself for us doing this. And uh, you're, you're so pure. I've, like, I've ruined you and blah, blah, blah. Oh, he made you feel bad for his... What is that called? Is that, isn't that called... Um... I don't know, victim blaming? <laughs> yeah, victim blaming, but, yeah, the... the um... Gaslighting. Gaslighting! Oh, my God. That, so he gaslighted you? Yeah, I think that's that's what you call it. So to bring this together, yeah. uh, you've experienced a lot of manipulation in that, relation, in that relationship. My biggest failure in this is that I can't get over the thing where I don't trust guys. Yeah, I think they're always going to be like having the leg up. Would you say me. that's that's what you learned from the experience? Like it's a sad truth you've learned? Yeah, I mean... Like obviously there's a there's a shining beacon of light. I got out of it. I'm super happy. I mean, I met lots of people and you know, this is not my life anymore. Mm. But I think I will I it's it's become my fail failing to I'm I mean it's a failure of mine of that I I still struggle with relationships. I'm getting into them and stuff and like sex in general. I've had a lot of sexual partners and uh, I don't blame myself for that. And I don't, uh, I don't blame anyone else for having lots of sexual partners, you know, get your mm. freak out, have fun. But I mean, I think I probably have a really unhealthy relationship with sex, to be honest. Because of and this. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, getting like staying in relationships or like getting into them is really hard for me because I don't know if I can trust them (laughs) yeah or like yeah so yeah because like I'm currently sort of trying to get something going on with this guy right now as you know (laughs) you would you say you would you say you've moved on from it though do you would you say that you like feel I mean that's what you were just saying that you're not completely ready to take on yeah I mean I mean I'm not suicidal anymore if that helps (laughs) Um, um I think I'm sort of like it's easier for me sometimes to go to a dark place but I always get out of it I mean I think like oh well I can say the ending of this little story because uh, basically a teacher discovered that I was really really depressed (laughs) it just and then I just she was just like Tina what is actually going on and I just told her everything Mm, that's good and uh, and she was so shocked (laughs) like she was temp as well I think that's probably why she noticed. Um, and so they put restrictions around us, and uh, I almost switched schools in third year, which in drama is not really easy. So, which is why it ended up not happening. And I got cancelling and stuff, and my grades were all really pretty, pretty shit. And um, I mean, there was a lot of old teachers at this school, and they kind of went with the victim blaming and being like, this is teen drama, etc. So I kind of just had to stick in it, and I did, and I'm really proud of me for like not, you know, just stopping school or anything. Like I finished and I graduated, 
Well, I didn't because I'd failed some of my subjects. But I finished sort of and then I went to uh, Folk High School, which is like <laughs> something you do in a gap year in Norway. And I met amazing people and I learned to love myself again. I learned to appreciate me for me and appreciate life in a different way. Well, this was literally just another successful story of someone who's alive. Like Bradley's story is also, if you want to listen to that, it's a previous episode, uh, also ended up being alive after failing. Uh, so I, I I didn't intend for people to tell me about how they survived something. I didn't realize people had these stories. Uh, it makes me think that I'm incredibly lucky that I've literally just had some heart problems. We're going to have to move on now. So we're going to go on to some improv. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you feel about improv, Tina? I mean, like I said, done drama my whole life. I fucking love improv. <laughs> Sometimes. Depends. Um, I tend to go quite pervy. But now you know oh, my backstory. So, you know, I'm a sexual being. <laughs> well, I make sex we... up into everything. We're going to look forward to this then. Um, <laughs> last time it was, it went dark last time. So we'll see if we're going to stay on dark and... Twisty. Twisty. Yeah. <laughs> The thing about improv is that I love it, and I started it. Started doing it back in the day before the pandemic, and I've done it online during lockdown. And it was it was something that I didn't really want to do. Well, I wanted to do it, but I was scared of doing it, so I was like, I'm not going to do it. But then I was like, that's I just need to do something, so I'm going to do it. So I did it and jumped in, and it's taught me so much about the fear of failing and learning to just try to literally just do it. Uh, and it's not about trying to be funny. Like, it's just about saying whatever comes to your mind and having fun, you know. Um, be someone else, you know, do some some other moves, do some other thinking, kind of. Uh, and part of what makes it super fun to watch and do is when the improvisers fail, literally the best part. So in this way, failing suddenly equals succeeding. Like, how fun and, like, confidence uh, building or like it's so good for your confidence that suddenly failing is good isn't it yeah excellent stuff so we're going to start with a warm-up which is eight things uh so i'm going to ask tina to say well make a list of eight things of a specific thing or like theme yeah we're going to start with that and then we're going to do another one later so the first thing i want you to na- uh, name now tina you're going to do eight cake ingredients oh Okay, so egg, butter, flour, chocolate, um, half and half, or like, yeah, half and half, cream, cream, let's just go with cream here, um, milk, um, <laughs> what was the milk, um, stabilizer, and um, food coloring. That's amazing, this, that's eight things, I mean, I maybe I did a bit I like too bacon, easy though. yeah that's that's the thing is that i've chosen like food and things for our like our theme um yeah. i realized now that was probably too easy um i mean i worked in a kitchen shop as well so yeah. <laughs> stabilizers and that sort of thing it's not everyone i don't think yeah if i asked anyone else i don't think stabilizer is the first thing someone would have said oh it wasn't it was like my sixth or seventh yeah <laughs> well still <laughs> i mean and and the thing about this game as well that you can make up things like you can you can say 
whatever, literally whatever comes to your mind. So it doesn't have to be an actual ingredient. You could have said like car tires. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, that's a good. <laughs> there you go. Game, game. <laughs> oh. <we> are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one we're going to do, which is a little bit harder. And uh, so I hope you hope you get a little bit of a challenge this time. So you're going to do eight epic fails. So any like kind of fail, like slipping on the ice, you know, things like that. Surrounding eight. me or like anyone? No, it can be anything. Like literally lies, whatever happened to you. Like it just needs to be like quick, whatever. All right. Okay, cool. Right. One, two, three, four. First epic fail. I mean, falling down the stairs, uh, slipping on the ice, um, walking with your sweater the wrong way out, having toilet paper stuck on you, peeing your pants, uh, nipple slips, kissing the wrong guy. Done that. Uh, <laughs> okay, I need one more. Epic fail. Yeah, falling on your head when you're dancing in the snow. Oh, wow. Are these all personal... You will fails. never know. <laughs> well, well done. That was uh, eight proper proper fails, I would say. Uh, may or may not be real. Uh, someone has definitely done some of them. Maybe all of them. Who knows? I mean, wow. just get me a few drinks and we will see. I'll tell yeah. you all about them. <laughs> wow. Right, we're going to go to the next improv uh, warm-up. And we're going to ask questions to each other. And we're not going to answer them. We're just going to continue asking. And the one who slips up and says and answers... No, fails yeah. but it's going to be fun i think i know this one mm-hmm. it's a good one so we're i'm going to set the scene and again we are food related so we are cooking we are in a really beautiful kitchen and we're literally standing there we got every kind of ingredient we would ever want in front of us and we got all really like high-tech kitchen facilities right uh, i'm going to start off with a question you you question me i question you and back and forth right Tina, can you please pass me the sugar? What kind of sugar are you talking about? Don't we have the granulate, granulated one? Well, didn't you buy the brown one last year? But didn't you get the white one? I thought you didn't like sugar, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, this, I don't like this game at all. Well, I like it. I just, it's, it's hard. Um, well done, Tina, you won. You're going to hey. start. <laughs> but you're going to start now, and we're gonna, still going to be in the kitchen. Did you put the eggs in? Aren't they in the fridge? Well, I thought you were supposed to take them out. What about the sugar? Weren't we talking about the eggs now? Why are you not answering about the sugar? Well, because I'm asking you if you put the eggs in. Was that a question? It was a question. I think. No, it was <laughs> not a question. A statement. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Right but there. some of them have like, they can be statements, but, but they're, they expect an answer. So those are a bit difficult, aren't they? Yeah. Either way, I'm going to say we it was a draw. It was a nice that draw. was a draw, I think. Yeah. I think we got one each and it's yeah. a draw. And, but let's say, you know what? Let's actually not say okay. it was a draw. Let's say we both okay. failed, but Be we fair. had fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. Be fair. Succeeded having fun. I see what failing. you did there. Yes. Right. We're going to move on to the main improv. So main this, improv. Is, this is main improv. There we go. I'm going to interview Tina now. She's like in her 80s. She's she's lived a life. She's had like lots of fails and shit going on in her life. Uh, and I'm going to like talk about them with her. So uh, Tina, do you remember when you like took on your oven and then you ended up setting your curtains on fire? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. But I ended up getting to buy new curtains and I got it cheaper because everyone felt so sorry for me because my curtains uh, burned down. Oh, wow. The silver lining, man. 
Yeah. Wow. Right. Tina, do you remember? Do you remember when you were trying to drink some water? Uh, but it was, and you were like really, really thirsty, but you were like in the mountains and the water had frozen. Oh yeah, and it knocked all my teeth out and I ended up uh, going to the dentist and the dentist was really cute. Now we're engaged. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> well done. Um, so Tina, do you remember when you were like out in the sun and you were like tanning, but you completely for- forgotten sunscreen? Yeah, and then I got cancer and I, I survived that. But, you know, you know, surviving it made me realise how important it is to take care of your skin and you're out sunning. And now I'm a spokesperson for like uh, skin cancer. Wow, living the life to the fullest. So Tina, do you remember when you flunked some of your subjects at school? Oh yeah, vaguely. And so I couldn't go straight off to uh, uni and ended up going to folk high school instead and met amazing people and getting to know myself better in a great way and meeting loads of amazing people. Oh my goodness, the best outcome that you could ever have wished for, I imagine. Failing, but then not actually failing, did you? You succeeded! Right, we're going to move on to the to the last improv, which is a competition. Okay, cool. Ooh, yeah. I'm a competitive person, though. Oh, they, Bradley said the same. Basically, you're going to talk for as long as you can, uh, maybe up to a minute. Who knows? Uh, you're going to talk about a thing. It's basically, you're going to monologue about a thing, uh, but you're not going to say two words. And then I'm going to take the time and I'm going to put you on my uh, scoreboard and we're going to announce the winner at one point who says uh, who who can talk for the longest without mentioning this and this. Um, oh, oh, yes. So uh, what you're going to do is you're going to talk about rice. Rice, Food. but I can't mention rice. You can, or... you can mention rice, but you yeah. cannot mention. So last time it was food. It mm. didn't work very well. So change no. one of the words to make. You cannot say the word make, like making. I'm making rice, you know. Mm. And you cannot say the word and. So rice and beans, you cannot say. You can say rice. I can say beans. You can say beans. Not can... and. Yes. Oh, you got it. Beautiful. I did. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start the timer in three seconds. Well, in three beats or whatever, how many beats it takes for me to press. So you ready? Yeah, I think so. We will see. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Okay. Uh, one, two, three. I love turning rice into something else, especially when it's dry. So you just put the rice into a casket of water, a casket of water, I don't know. Um, and you, you can we do that again, please? No, that's because <laughs> I got, but the, it's because I was like, what do you even say casket? And I was like, I meant, I didn't mean a casket. I meant a casserole. And I was like, oh, I think it's casket. Like, oh, it's a something else. But Yeah, it is, isn't it? You don't put rice in a casket. And I mean, when it's it. done, you do. Well, oh, yeah. Maybe, not. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't know. All I can think is like a casket. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was bad. I didn't get very far, though. Bradley got, oh, Bradley got 38, 31. Yeah, I got, what, 5, 10? You, uh, you got 17, 81. Give me another shot! I mean, you fucked up. 
<laughs> did fail. Yes, did the fail. good thing about failure is that you learn something from them and you get a better chance. <laughs> Give me another chance. Well, not in this episode. We will have you back, Tina, and then you can, you can uh, compete again. Yeah, I can tell you more funny oh. condom stories. Yes, there you go. That was good. Uh, what, what did you, what did you feel about improvising? I mean, I like improvising, but also I like winning, so it's a good combination. <laughs> did you, did you stress about it? You seemed very, you know, calm. Yeah, but like, yeah, but I've studied drama for a while, so I've I've done a few. Mm. I was mostly stressed out about being like about failing, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say because so, you in a turmoil. So you were actually you thought about oh I don't want to fail. Um, yeah, and especially also because you have the competition instinct, I suppose. Yeah, and then I was like I I and that's been like throughout this whole thing, which is probably why I babble so much. Uh, I don't want to fail you because you asked me to be on the show, and I was oh, like, no. Oh no, I don't want to fail Stina. What? I have nothing to do with this. Right, we're gonna we're gonna conclude. Uh, that was an excellent excellent bit. Um, so if failing is succeeding, Tina, because you're learning yeah. from it, what is your next failure? To fall madly in love with the guy I'm stalking on the snap map. Oh, that's the, probably the best answer we're going to get. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> wow, that's so, that's a good answer because it is so true. Like, whatever happens to this so person. Many levels. Yeah, because oh. you're going to like learn so much from this and and ex- get so many experiences. Um, and maybe you will even like identify why he disappears off the snap map because he sells cocaine or something. Oh, that- that would certainly be a failure. Not for you, for him. Yeah. Because you could tip off the police. I mean, yeah, but then again, it'd be like mean that I found another weirdo to crush on. But now you know next time that, Jesus, I'm not going to find this guy again because I can see the signs. You see the red signs too early, you know? Yeah. Yes, that's how it is. That's yeah, how right. it is. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, you'll just have to invite me back and I'll tell you how it goes with Snapmap Guy, which is now its official name, Snapmap yeah. Guy. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap up. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been this has been a pleasure. I mean, it's not over, so the pleasure is not done. Uh, the pleasure will continue. Wow, that sounds... I mean, you go on and get your pleasure, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> remember failing is just part of life um it can lead us down pathways we wouldn't have found if we didn't have the courage to fail now i feel like these are maybe not as relatable to you um tina because it's not like you 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 needed courage to do your failing stories they more happened to you and you didn't have anything (laughs) to say um i mean i think the failure i can take away from the second story at least is that, you know, trust the people around me and speak up about what's happening. True. Yes, exactly. That was the bottom Sorry, of you should have said that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, for me personally, I think this microphone and me are actually becoming good friends. So this is gonna, it's gonna be a ride. So guys, have fun failing! <laughs>